We'd like to welcome you to our current event and weekly Bible study for November 25th, 2019. Today, just a ton of subjects to kind of go over. I'm going to start out with this particular audio on, uh, particularly this is primarily U.S. pastors betraying their flocks. Not all, but a lot of them. And this does also get into the uh, clergy response team. So I'll go ahead and roll this now. Steve Benoon, you're watching Israeli News Live, and of course, the emblem I have up on the screen for you, the National Security Agency, your tax dollars at work, NSA. You know, you know, NSA, your, yeah, your tax dollars at work, yeah. Um, and then in this particular thing, they've got a big all-seen eye <laughs> in a pyramid. Uh, it's, it's about that bad, unfortunately. Many of us are familiar with the clergy response team. Uh, this has come out some years ago, and uh, a good friend of ours, Chuck Baldwin, uh, he put on his, as a post on his Facebook page there from 2013, October the 29th, where he also spoke about this. Uh, I want to kind of blow that up, uh, his page there up for you on Facebook. Uh, just to share this with you. It says, First, FEMA established clergy response teams, a program in which pastors were instructed to cooperate with the federal government in the event of a national emergency. Pastors have been instructed to teach, obey the government, lessons from Romans 13, and to assist the government in asking parishioners to turn in their firearms and to relocate if instructed to do so by the feds. Now, see, the thing is, they have every right to ask that because in 99 plus percent, percentage-wise, percent of the cases of the churches in America, they're 501c3 or some derivation of that that's yoked up with the government that had to go to the government to get their right to exist as a church. Now, there's no absolutely no Bible for that in either the Old or the New Testament, actually having to go to the government. And isn't the Bible what we should look to regarding, you know, the practices of our lives and how much more so important, like the church of God? But yet that's seldom ever mentioned. It's just they're taught this in seminary. And they think that, okay, well, this is the way everyone else is doing it, and they're a man of God, and so I'm going to go ahead and... It's all they've ever known. It doesn't make it right, though. And so the church has been corrupted because of this unholy union between church and state in order to get their right to exist, in order to get benefits that the church gets. They, their parishioners can write off their tithes and their taxes and... They can get subsidies from the government and the government will tend to not hassle them near as much because they're in full compliance with their 501c3, you know. Probably if you want to know more about this, just key in 501c3 at the um, contendingfortruth.com, the search box there. And I've done tons of studies on this and I, and I also give you resources that you can go to um, where you can find out more about if you're if you're in a church like that or if you have a church like that how to get out of it probably Un unregistered baptist fellowship i believe ubc um 
Now, I just checked unregisteredbaptistfellowship.com, and I can't get it to pull up. It's a blank web page. Um, Dr. Dixon, who kind of was really the one that started this all, personal friend of mine, uh, he just passed away very recently. And I don't know if this is a result of that. Now, again, to me, this isn't about a Baptist denominational issue this is more about a right and wrong issue but um i believe the book that he wrote on it is the trail of blood revisited by dr dixon but again if you want you can email me and i'll send you a full packet on the whole 501c3 or just key in 501c3 at, at contendingfortruth.com and any dedicated study I've done, I've done a PDF and you'll find the resources in there. So you can find it easily that way. And again, but I'm not sure about if Unregistered Baptist Fellowship, what's going on there right now. Uh, because I can't get the web page to pull up. So anyway, I just thought I should mention that before we go further. Because I don't know if he gets into that aspect of this problem with the FEMA clergy response. See, the thing is, is it's a slippery slope. Once you're, once you're 501c3 or once you're yoked up with the government and you've went to them for your right to exist as a church, well, anything that has two heads is a monster. How can you have Christ as the head and the government? And then they can strongly pressure you regarding what things you should or shouldn't be saying. Why, why is it such a stretch to believe that you go that extra step and you become a really good little brown shirt Nazi and you yoke up with the government with the FEMA clergy response teams, which are literally spying on their congregations. Now, again, just key in clergy response, done tons of study on studies on that subject if you want to know more. But, again, this is a big, big, gigantic reason why I am kind of more of a uh, outlier, outcast type of person within Christianity because I've called this out for a long time. And... Um, it's not a popular thing to do because I'm stomping on a lot of toes. This is why they had to get me off a of sermon audio right away. Because when I was posting teachings, I was actually making the top five. Praise God. I mean, I'm not going to take any credit for it. I'm just saying within a year being up there, when there was 5,000 plus other preachers, when I posted a teaching, it was top five, top ten. Because I think it wasn't even so much. I mean, I was such a novice, to be quite honest. At that point, I mean, I've never been to seminary, but again, I think that benefited me a lot. The thing is, is it was content people hadn't heard before. They were hearing truth that they hadn't heard before about the 501c3 church, about the King James Bible, about a lot of different various issues. And as I started to expand my content, it was evident to them I was stepping on a lot of toes. They had to get me out of there. Sermon Audio did. So they kind of set me up and in a very unbiblical way, got me booted off there. Um, I've went over that before. I, I, again, it was it was a good thing. It was a good thing because now contendingfortruth.com is on its own platform. We don't we're not beholden to anyone, and I don't have to worry about stepping on sermon audio's toes. I mean, I'm not going to say I'm not beholden. I, I'm I want the Lord Jesus Christ, you know, to be my head, and that type of thing. Um, but I mean, I don't have some governing body like Sermon Audio saying what I can and cannot say, regardless of if, if it's truth or not. And again, I would go back to these types of organizations like, and I would say, okay, where, where am I wrong here? It didn't matter. <laughs> it didn't matter. 
because if you're stomping on enough, uh, enough toes, then that's all that is going to re be required. So that particular aspect of the 501c3, I'm pretty sure he doesn't get into here, which to me is a major part of the next logical stepping stone to become part of the clergy response team. We don't know what's happening to us when we, when we, it's just like when a Freemason takes all those blood oaths, you don't see the demons going into you when you progressively go from like first degree Mason all the way up to, let's say you go to 33rd degree. Now, Bill Schneblin said that when he got into, I think around the 30th degree, which is where you really, the gloves kind of start to come off and you, um, a lot of them start to see really what's going on. Even Albert Pike said, you know, to you of the, to you Freemasons, that he's the guy that wrote Morals and Dogma, which is the Bible to Freemasonry. He um, was the highest ranked Freemason of the 1800s. He's credited with kind of resurrecting Freemasonry in the 1800s. He was a Confederate war general, the only Confederate war general that has a statue of him erected in Washington, D.C., which would have been northern, so why would they do that? You know, high, high-level Luciferian. He basically said, paraphrasing, and this is one of the chick tracks, they have this, that, you know, to you sovereign grand inspector generals of the 30th, 31st, 32nd, and 33rd degree, we say that we worship, we say to the crowd that we worship that God, the one that the, basically the world adores, meaning Jesus. But to you, sovereign grand inspectors, of the 30th, 31st, 32nd, 33rd degree. We say we, we worship Lucifer. And Bill Schneblin said that once he got to that 30th degree around there, if I'm recalling this right, and he admitted this on camera, so I'm not, I, don't, I know, I'm, I've heard him say this. He said he started having all of these really weird uh, predilections toward small children, like wanting to have sex with them. See, you couldn't see the demons going in with every single horrific blood oath that you took to advance another degree. And all these blood oaths are totally unbiblical. Well, I'm going to pluck my eyes out and, and pull my tongue out and I'll be flayed if I give up the, 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 the secrets of the Master Mason or whatever. You can go, you can go look those Freemasonic, just look up Freemasonic oaths online for whatever degree you're looking at. I mean, they're, they're like the, they're like a notch below the Jesuit oath that the cast the Catholics take, to if you want to be a Jesuit. I mean, like a high-ranking type of Jesuit. Very similar, totally against the Word of God, and that's why Satan wants you to do, to do it. Well, again, when you take your five hundred one c three status from the government, you don't see what demons are coming in and influencing that pastor, or blinding that pastor and their congregation. To a large degree and I, I i believe it's a gigantic reason why the church is so asleep and why they don't cover these issues and why this ministry started back in 2006 because i saw this gigantic need and i had been in a lot of churches i mean man i uh lutheran middle school catholic high school i went to um my mom was totally into new age um you know and then i went to when i first got saved charismania uh pentecostal hyper charismatic to i mean and i'm talking like the most radical hyper charismatic to then going the opposite extreme of the most strict independent fundamental non-501c3 non-incorporated unincorporated king james only baptist churches 
So I kind of been a lot of different, in a lot of different denominations. I have a very broad, and I think God let that all happen to me so I would have that as a reference point. So hopefully I could help more people. But I've I've said from the from the start of this ministry that the 501c3 issue and and i also believe the king james issue where they've brought in all these false bibles that were translated from false underlying texts like the sinaiticus and the vaticanus which are two corrupt catholic manuscripts that made the revised version of 1881 by two high-level occultists called westcott and hort that spawned all the bibles that we have today essentially other than the king james and that's a fact i'm sorry but that's a fact NIV has 64,098 less words than a King James Bible. That's almost 10% of the total text. The NIV had on its translation committee a lady named Virginia Mullencott who was a rabid lesbian. It's, you know, easily verifiable. So there's all these different ways that, it's particularly in the last 100 years, Satan has tried to destroy us for lack of knowledge so he can get an advantage of us. And that's what the Bible says we're not supposed to, you know, not to be ignorant of Satan's devices, lest he get an advantage of us. So, anyway, I wanted to say that about the 501c3 thing to start off because I believe what this gentleman's saying here needs to be tempered with the 501c3 issue because, to me, that's the source of how it got this bad. That's the source of how we ever had clergy response teams in the first place. It starts there. Because, let's face it, the, the first church of Satan's also 501c3. And a lot of other cults are too. So when you're in that classification, you're in the same classification as a lot of other. And that is all those cults and religions and things of this nature are on the same train going to the same destination. And that destination ends up at the one world religion under Antichrist. So at some point they're going to have to get off that train. Whether And I mean, the sooner the better. And yeah, I mean, well, I've got thousand congregates if i get off i'll i'll well you know that's between you and god but all i can say is i've i've warned people i've tried to warn people about this you know regarding this and it's just better to obey god than man and if i haven't even covered the 501c3 issue so again if you want to know more about that just key that 501c3 at contendingfortruth.com and you'll we'll load your boat Let's go back to this report here. That is not plain. Okay. The latest report I saw said that pastors in over 1,300 counties have attended these classes. Now, I learned that the federal government is using pastors to help sell Obamacare to their congregants. Pastors are being encouraged to help sign up people into Obamacare. And I've not heard yet how many pastors are cooperating, but my guess would be that thousands are doing so. It has been enough that the 501c3 corporation status most churches operate under has totally silenced the vast majority of pastors. Now we know that... Okay, well, he does He does address... I don't know if he gets into it in detail. It's been a little while since I heard this. But what I'll do a lot of times is I'll hear something. I'm like, okay, i got to play this. And then it might not be months before I actually play it. But I'm glad you mentioned that. Pastors are actually being enlisted in various government programs designed to bring people under the total control of the government. Is this right out of the Nazi playbook or what? This is what, just a little taste of what Pastor uh, Chuck Baldwin actually stated about this. And we're talking about 
a, a true American, and and really Chuck Baldwin is not just a true American, he is a real patriot, he is a real pastor, he's not a hireling, uh, as we find that uh, Jesus spoke about in the Gospel of John. But you know, I did a message on this a little while back, and I did it from the Gospel of John, chapter 10, uh, verse 12, specifically in verse 13 here, is the ones that I focused on, but of course, we need to remember verse 11. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd giveth his life for the sheep. Can't say so much for that for about pastors today. They're not willing to give their lives. They're not willing to stand up and tell you the truth. In fact, if you go back and you look at what Chuck said right here, you know how they quote the book of Romans chapter 13. We've heard this come right out of uh, Donald Trump's own administration, and I forget if it was Pompeo or or um, or the other guy he's got in there. I mean, he's had several of them in there, but they have actually quoted Romans 13, pretty much telling you, you need to obey your government. Well, as we've been sharing with you here, it's not just the government you got to worry about. Well, you know, definitely the government. But the thing is, is they've been heavily involved with the Noahide law system, cooperating with Orthodox rabbis to bring in these seven Noahide laws where they're definitely going to silence you in the near future. But... Like I said, you know, Chuck here back in 2013 was talking about the Obama administration and the things that they were doing. Then he says, Dear Christians, is your pastor and church being used by the feds to promote its big government agenda? Do you dare find out? Well, let me ask you this. Even if you ask your pastor, would he even have the guts to tell you he's betraying his own flock? I doubt it. He says here, it's becoming more and more clear that so many of these established churches in America are far more interested in pleasing the federal government than they are in pleasing God, and that they are more and more the servants of government and the servant, uh, and not the servants of God, and that they are more and more using the Bible to enslave men to government than they are to free men in Christ. Now, he admits that he was a 501c3 church pastor. He said, I would often receive pamphlets in the mail instructing me on just what I, what I was supposed to do and not do as a government cooperation. I just threw them in the trash. But so many of our pastors are following those instructions to the letter. Well, I've been hearing about those things as well. And we know there are many ministers out there let me just let me just say this to you. Let's, let's go back. Let's read the scripture just for a moment. And and you pastors that are listening, I know there's many pastors that follow this broadcast here tonight. Let me encourage you and remind you and 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 admonish you what God's word said. This was from the lips of Yeshua, Jesus Christ of Nazareth himself, when he said, "But he that is a hireling, and not the shepherd." whose own the sheep are not, seeth the wolf coming, and leaveth the sheep and fleeth, and the wolf catcheth them, and scattereth the sheep. The hireling, hireling fleeth, because he is in a hireling, and careth not for the sheep. 
Do you realize this is exactly what many pastors are going to do? They're selling out their congregations. They're not even telling their congregations what they're doing. They've already been in cooperation with FEMA or with the NSA or with some other, maybe the FBI, different branches of government that they have been working with, and they have sold you out, and they get their own little pass to go to freedom. Just like the scripture says, just like Jesus prophesied of 2,000 years ago, and he called them hirelings. You know, you donate to their ministries, and I'm not saying don't donate to their ministry, but I mean, I wouldn't want to donate to the hireling. Find a true shepherd, somebody that really cares about the sheep, somebody that's got the guts to stand up there and tell you what the truth really is. Not somebody that's going to back down and cower up and, and sit there and, and, and lift Trump up and put Trump on some kind of pedestal as if he's God. I mean, you know, the thing is, what's really troubling me today, I see Christians, no less, and I know they all say, would you rather have Hillary Clinton in? Listen, do you not realize that Donald Trump was a Democrat to start with? He was never a Republican. That is, if you care about the Republican-Democrat thing. I can tell you from experience, they're both garbage. Both sides of the aisle do the dirty deals. Both sides of the aisle send out the little memos, which is not written on paper, to go out and kill somebody that's getting in the way of their, uh, their drug deals that they're working on. And it doesn't matter if it's in the Trump administration or if it is in the Democrats' administration, like in the case of uh, former Clinton and Hillary when they were in the White House. And yes, they were involved in it as well. Not just presidents, but senators and congressmen as well. More likely the senators than congressmen. I've been in their offices. I know what they do. Two sides of the same wicked coin. And Trump's all part of it. And we're going to prove it again today, unequivocally, uh, unapologetically, and again, that's another thing that's really been concerning to me lately because it seemed like there was a time there when some of the people in alternative media were really starting to come around to the flagrant wickedness that Trump's involved in. And then now they've retracted and pulled back and now they're all team Trump again. And it's very, um, it makes you wonder whose side they were on all along kind of you know when you just see this oh yeah i'll kind of give you I mean, alex jones is a great example of that you know i'll, I'll oh yeah I can't believe what trump and then the next day he's like a dog that's returned to his own vomit like the bible talks about uh, a lot of people on alternative media you got to be really really careful because they act as though trump is our our only hope and our our you know fighting for our rights and all. and this guy was a slime bag from the beginning he was a demon seed from the beginning you go all the way back to his childhood he was not good and a corrupt tree cannot bringeth forth good fruit and it's so easy to document trump's path which is what we've done but doesn't matter to so many people because they see him 
being attacked and obviously if the left is attacking him that makes him a good guy therefore he is our only hope true news has went back on on the trump bandwagon as far as i can see they were like going after him for so long and now all of a sudden ever i've listened to them a couple times in recent days and it's like wow wow you're back on that train it sounds like amazing how are you justifying all of the reports you did where you clearly showed that he was yoked up with the synagogue of satan in this particular case and i'm not talking about all jews i'm just saying the corrupt luciferian kabbalistic sects of but i don't know i mean the ones all the recent broadcasts i've heard from them no they're back but then again they promote the catholic church you know they say that's part of the true church and a lot of other horrible things true news rick wiles and them support so and if you don't believe me email me and i'll, I'll get you a nice big fat document on that one and these are first-hand accounts from my listeners from over the years so remember even if i play something like from alex jones occasionally or from true news it doesn't mean i'm endorsing those ministries i glean from them just like i would glean from abc or nbc some report that they might put out but i typically will give you a uh, a warning in regard to that and i've seen the republican cover for the democrat more than once you know it's funny how they play the game on the outside it's the hegelian dialectic while everybody's all fighting and and you know worried about this uh civil war coming in the united states next year don't worry it'll be the same chabad backed slipping that money in whether it be through rothschilds or whether it be through uh george soros or whatever they all have the same agenda bring this nation down and they'll have you fight at each other and kill each other off so you run out of bullets in fact that's the way they said to me with the Mossad. they said they want you to run out of your bullets and along those lines like this this report just broke Republicans and Democrats agree, give vast snooping powers to the U.S. government. They just simply disagree over who should be in charge of abusing those excessive powers. So the Republicans aren't your friends, the Democrats aren't your friends. Okay, in general, the people at the top of the food chain. Uh, I'm not saying all people in local government are corrupt, but I'm talking more, more so the people at the top of the food chain because they got there by virtue of them selling out. Uh house democrats have successfully slipped an unqualified renewal of the draconian patriot act into an emergency funding bill voting nearly unanimously for sweeping surveillance carte blanche that was the basis for the notorious nsa program and this is what we're nsa is a lot what we're talking about with this report here um that we're listening to right now uh so i'm just looking at this real quick and, and again yeah it became, this is from The Intercept, Glenn Greenwald wrote, it became quickly apparent that leading Democrats intended to side with Trump and against those within their own party who favored imposing safeguards on the Trump's administration's ability to engage in domestic surveillance. The most bizarre aspect of the spectacle was that the Democrats, who most aggressively defended Trump's version of the surveillance bill, the Democrats most eager to preserve Trump's spying powers as virtually limitless because that's what Trump wants. That's what he has right now. And the Democrats are on board with him regarding that. 
were the very same Democrat House members who have become media stars this year by flamboyantly denouncing Trump as treasonous, lawless despot in front of every television camera they could find. Again, but that's all part of the right-left paradigm. That's all part of the theater. The reality is they're all on the same team. But this limitless theater is just providing us this limitless distraction that we can focus on and say, look at Trump's got to be good. They're trying to impeach him every chance we get. That must automatically means he's good. How easy it is for Satan to dupe the masses if that's all it takes. And they could just extend this all the way to the 2020 election and have more theater up to then. Most likely he'll get back in. I don't know. I don't exactly know what the Illuminati's plans are. But Trump has essentially virtually limitless spine power with this. And the Democrats are on board and they renewed this. It's been renewed. Um... And this is all the the information. And this is on this is on Infowars.com. I probably check Infowars like once a day. Just they've become really irrelevant since you know they have um, totally went off the Trump train. And again, even here they're trying to defend him a little bit, as you can see that last line that I read. But yeah, they're all in it together. That's one big happy family, one big happy Luciferian satanic kabbalistic family. At the end of the day, guess who's selling you out though? Just like Jesus said, the hireling. Mm -hmm. your pastors and in this case trump and the democrats and the republicans as well they're selling you out ultimately to the united nations to the un to george soros to china and all the other people that are you know they're going to bring in and are bringing in and already here and already own so much of this country they're they're on team satan yeah just like i told you remember when i was sharing with you i'd gotten the intel a little while back that these government figures and those that help them, the elite of the world, that they're going to put them underground when they do that limited strike on this nation, which that comes after you kill each other. They're really looking for you to do a civil war in this country, a civil unrest, whatever you want to call it. To bring, to bring in the new world order out of the chaos of the old. You know, that's what they're setting us up and jockeying us into position for you can give it any kind of name you want to call it doesn't make any difference at the end of the day they just want you to go at each other's throats that's what they need because they need trump to declare martial law so there is not an election why because it's pretty obvious no matter how much people make him their god and face the facts, if you're going to be honest and true, you really need to, I mean, listen, what side do you stand on? Do you stand with Jesus Christ or do you stand with the President of the United States? And you might argue, well, Steve, the Bible says pray for your leaders. Sure, pray for him. I agree. Pray that God will wake the poor man up. Yeah, amen. Or do you want me to be like the hireling that doesn't care about the sheep and won't tell you the truth? Is that what you prefer me to do? Mm-hmm. I can sell you a few coins. Well, I really... <laughs> you know how many people in alternative media are selling Trump, like the Trump coin? Are you kidding me? Lisa Haven and these types of people? Are, are you serious? I don't know how many people are selling the, the Trump coin. Are you out of your mind? You're trying to make merchandise and a profit off Trump? 
I mean, and people that are selling like Trump 2020 stuff, and and I'm pretty sure Hodges has done some stuff on that line, and it's like I, I just, it's incomprehensible to me, absolutely incomprehensible. But when you get into that camp and you start profiteering off them, then it makes it all the more harder to ever go against Trump, because you've already got so much invested. You've already, you, you don't want to have that kind of egg on your face to actually admit you've done the wrong thing and we're profiteering off something. I mean, as audacious as Trump, all that really matters is, are you right with God? Are you right with God at this moment in your life? Can you stand before him and not be ashamed? I mean, I wouldn't want to stand before God if I was selling the Trump coin. I just, and again, I'm not saying that because I think I'm perfect, because I don't. Okay. It's just, I, that's incomprehensible to me. I'm, I'm seeing that more. And then it, I'm like, well, yeah, those people that are doing that, which is a gigantic amount of people in alternative media that call themselves Christians, how can they ever backpedal from that position? It's like you've pushed all your chips in on Trump and you don't want to hear anything about regarding truth on Trump. You don't want to hear it because you've already got all this invested. And how bad would you look if you had to backpedal? And how many listeners would you lose? And how much income would you lose? And it's like, okay, well, what does that matter in regard? Don't, don't we need to worry about being right with God? I I admitted when, you know, around February, I Trump really came out of the, uh, uh, out of the satanic closet and started doing openly overt, luciferic, satanic things. Now, granted, I could have looked at his past sooner. And I had somewhat of a knowledge, but I thought, well, maybe God had got old. Maybe God had, had got a hold of him for a time, for a season, you know, and maybe, you know, no, no, no. And I admitted that, but I also said, I did call him out though, um, before and since he was elected when he did bad. And I gave him credit where seemingly he was doing good, but I think those were the, that was the window dressing to appease the masses. So I, I I did admit that, but these others in alternative media, I'm I'm afraid that they're in such a position where they've put pushed all their chips in on Trump, and it in for them it's so much harder to backpedal and actually to actually look at the truth because that would so impact their platforms. I believe is how they're looking at it. I, but I believe if they did it, God would honor it, though. Wouldn't you know, Obviously, he would. I can't because I don't have any connections with that. Is that what you would rather me do? It, would it make the people feel better if I just lied to you? And maybe they would send me a pass in the mail or visit me and give me one. And I, I don't know. I'd have to ask Chuck. I mean, maybe Chuck knows more about that. In fact, I hope to talk to Chuck later this week and maybe I can ask him because he was 501c at one time and he talked about getting things in the mail, but maybe he's had people approach him. I don't know. Sometimes it just makes you wish you were kind of like the fly on the wall when you hear about these stories, right? Want to know what was really said in the room? Well, there's a lot of people out there that are selling out their people. I wonder how they sleep at night. Listen, if President Trump was truly for the people and serving the people, I would stand there with this man. 
But if you guys haven't figured that out yet, I know some people say, well, he's standing up against the nations. I, I shared with you just the other day, the, 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 the Netflix special there. Making America great again. Two ways he makes America great. We make more bombs so we can blow up all the rest of the world. <laughs> That's making America great again. Yeah. But will the blood of all these innocent children that were blowing up these nations, will God hold that at our... And make sure you got that, that poppy, that heroin poppy, all nice and guarded over in Afghanistan so that we can, you know, double and triple the amounts that we're bringing over. And that all started back in 2001. I can't blame that all on Trump, but he's continued that. Well, they fly it in here in C4, C-140s or big cargo planes. So the pharmaceutical industry can have plenty of the of the poppy and the opium to, to, you know, make their Oxycontin and the other drugs that, you know, tons of Americans are totally addicted to now. And to make sure you can flood the streets with it. So then people can get addicted to it and have mass amounts of drug addicted people that are totally satanically possessed to the toenails that have a very low life expectancy that are going to go most likely straight to hell when they die. I mean, isn't that all part of the plan? Isn't, well, isn't that what the, the root, and I'm not saying that from a judgmental standpoint. I'm just saying if you're a drug addicted heroin addict, I kind of doubt you're saved. You know, I'm just saying, maybe there are some, I don't know. I don't want to judge, but I'm just saying, it's kind of, you know, it's not exactly a good sign. I think we could all agree with that. I don't want them to go to hell. I pray to God they all go to heaven. But when you create a drug addicted society, that's through pharmakia, which is the root word for sorcery in the Bible, which is going to be one of the main tenets of the new world order of the seven-year tribulation under antichrist and false prophet the bible says that when the false when the false prophet and antichrist arise they're going to deceive the whole world through signs and lying wonders and miracles and also through their sorceries and the root word for sorceries is pharmakia well so many people right now are drug addicted on so many levels and the drugs aren't just the drugs there's all kind of other ingredients in the drugs and then you have the vaccines which where you could literally where you're you're getting foreign dna injected into you and many are cultured off aborted babies and and many have all these horrific side effects and all these horrific chemicals in them i'm gonna i'm gonna go over a few of them today if i can get to it a few of the chemicals i haven't covered before and what they're doing to newborns and in children i mean the world is so stinking deceived it boggles my mind and most people don't have any love for the truth and they don't care that's what i don't get and the bible warns about this in second thessalonians chapter 2 for this cause god shall send them strong delusion that they will believe a lie that they might all be damned that means burning in hell forever and then the lake of fire that's really that's the stakes really don't get any higher than that who received not the love of the truth, but had pleasure in unrighteousness. The vast majority of people that identify as Christians today and people in the world have no real love for the truth, but have pleasure in unrighteousness. Most of them. And again, I'm not saying that because I'm being judgy. I'm saying it because it's an obvious total fact. And again, that's why this ministry exists to contend for the truth and to try to put that out 
so people are not destroyed for lack of knowledge. And they're not ignorant of Satan's devices. Hold that upon our hands. You know, perhaps if we were trying to, to make something to help defend our nation because someone was going to attack us, God might be a little bit more lenient on that. But when you know good and well that all you're doing is making bombs to go drop it on these little poor children in Yemen or over in Syria or, or, or things like that, do you really think that God is just going to wink at that and say, ah, oh, no problem, you're We're not fighting for freedom. We're, the, the, the troops, unfortunately, are fighting for the military-industrial complex. And you get in there and they vaccinate you to the gills, which, you know, and, and they, can, they can inject anything into you that they deem they want to experiment on you with. There was an executive order Clinton signed. It's in my avion flu presentation. And it allowed the government to, the military to inject anything they want into the troops. Anything they want. And you have no right to know or protest. They're absolute total guinea pigs. I can't tell you how many listeners I've had that have emailed me and said, you know, I got like 50 vaccines in the Navy or whatever. And I'm totally devastated now. And I don't know how long I have to live. And, you know, it's common. It's pretty common. You know. So can you imagine if you were in full compliance with your vaccine schedule and you got your 72 vaccines, which is what I believe it is now, by 18, then you go into the military. Then you get another who knows how many. Let's say another 50 or whatever. How could that person even have any chance at life? Their body is so defiled and they're probably so cursed because when you inject a child with a, with a vaccine that's cultured off an aborted baby, don't tell me there's not a spiritual component to that. Not only that, now they're finding out that people, you know, are scanning for like where they got their flu shots, where they've been implanted with microchips there and they can be scanned and found out. And I've got into that a lot. So tons of people are microchip right now walking around just because of the vaccines. They said in California when they did it in 2001, 90% of the people they, they found were, were testing positive for microchips in the right or left shoulder where they got injected for flu vaccines 90 percent yeah i just played the video last time that was in 2001 what are those microchips doing isn't that what i mean that's the essence of the mark of the beast i'm not saying it is the mark of the beast i mean this is just impossible to even wrap your head around what's going on Americans, I don't think so. See, Jesus was willing to give his life for the sheep, and he was not only was he willing to give it, but he was able to give eternal life and as a result of it. But the hireling is only there for the wage. He doesn't care about the welfare of the sheep. And the funny thing is, if look what look at the way the verse is written for heaven's sake. Whose own sheep are not, they're not even his sheep. That reminds me of many of these messianic leaders that are professing to be Christians, and we've clearly showed the evidence. How can they really be a Christian? That's the obvious one right there. Whose own the sheep are not. They're sitting there trying to lead the sheep of Christ, and they're not their sheep. Right? Think about that one for a minute. They see it, the wolf. That's the hireling. He see it, the wolf. He sees what's coming in this nation. He sees these crooked politicians. He sees the uh, that crooked, evil 
pharisaic movement that is going on. Yeah, and the wolf too, to a certain extent, and to a large extent, would be the 501c3. The people behind the 501c3 exemption that you went to the government to get. That wolf is actually your, your master to a certain degree. Bringing in these Noahide laws, you see the wolf coming. And what does he do? This is this what gets me. And leaveth the sheep. And fleeth. Yep. You know, I found out recently, it was shared with me, that even the Watchtower Society, by the way, they're considered Noahides by the about organization the watch now if you want to know more about the noahide laws just key in that noahide in the keyword search box at contending for com. um i just did a study on that recently and I, I we don't really have time to get into that today but we have covered that our people are jehovah's witnesses most people know them as because they just believe that jesus is a little altar boy right that's all he i've is. done studies on jehovah witnesses mormons uh those cults and you can search that out too at contendingfortruth.com. Um, just a prophet, a good good boy that, you know, he's an Israelite, so they like them, right? Well, the elite of their organization, those that are truly faithful, and ask around and see for yourself, but the truly faithful, they probably won't tell you. They were told to have certain things packed in bags for when the time comes, they are going to flee. And they're going into a secret disclosed location mm. where they will be given further instructions on what will come next. Good little Nazis that are going to be used when the time is right. Now that's after they've probably sold out their congregations and called them into the church so that they can be forced vaccinated and then carted away on either, either FEMA buses or FEMA trains because some of these churches have railroad tracks that go right to the back of them. Not all, but some of them do. And I think that's what he's in reference to there. Interesting, isn't it? Did you know that the Chabad organization actually owned the stock of the Watchtower at one time? <laughs> Makes you wonder, doesn't it? I need to get my wife to do a special. We need to do a special about these things, share some more inside information with you guys. I'm sure the subject was not very popular tonight, and uh, that's why a lot of people didn't tune in. But this video should go to millions. It really should. Stand with somebody to tell you the truth. Even if it's not me, find someone that'll tell you the truth. And put your support there. If you know you're dealing with a hireling, they could have the best intentions in the world. I wouldn't stand there for it. And if you're a minister, you're listening tonight, you need to step up to the plate and start telling the people the truth. Especially if you're 501c3. And I hear it's very difficult to get out from underneath that system. Yeah, it is. But I'd do everything I could to they get out They don't make it easy. It. I'm Steve Bennett with Israeli News Live. Erev Tov. For as long as we can say that. Good evening. So, we, uh, he, I really like that audio because he, man, he covered a gamut of things that we talk about a lot, but, you know, more of a, of a kind of an update on all those subjects. So, 
Yeah. Uh, and again, I think this is a big reason why people are going back to home churches, which is the way it started out in, in the New Testament. And it's going back to that because there's just, it's, it's so hard to get out from this 501c3. Yes, it can be done. And I, and I do believe that, you know, unregistered Baptist fellowship, you know, helped people do that, but it's, they're not going to make it easy for you. Um, so, you know, it's, it's just, it's a, it's a complex thing and I'm not an expert on how to get out from underneath it. The, the, um, the organization there that I just mentioned, they are, but again, I can't access their website now. So I don't know because of Dr. Dr. Dixon's passing, what's going to happen there. Uh, I don't know. The next report, the great falling away and the coming U.S. persecution of Bible believers. So let's go ahead and listen to this little audio here. Hey folks, it's Patriot Nurse. Today I want to discuss the great falling away and the coming persecution of Bible believers in the United States. What's got my wheels turning on this one is over the past few weeks we've had a couple of people who are quite highly visible in the evangelical Christian community come out and say, to paraphrase, that they are living a lie. They're apologizing, in the case of Joshua Harris, for things that they taught, which were biblical. And in the case of Joshua Harris, taking pictures of themselves at parades, celebrating things that are a clear abomination in scripture. And the reason why I am concerned about this, friends, is because... If you now, I don't know anything about what that specific thing she's talking about i don't know if this guy came out and now he's at gay parades or whatever but i kind of assume that would be the case but i don't i don't know the animal kingdom you will note that apex predators are most likely to attack an individual in a herd or the herd in general when they perceive that members of the herd are weak or sick less effective yep cowardly a lot of moral cowards cowardice a lot of moral cowardice. But friends, the thing that has been prescient in my mind over here is that we have been setting up for persecution in the United States against Bible believers for a, a great long time. And I'm not talking about denominations. I am not interested in that at all. I am talking about organized persecution, consolidated persecution of the state and of its little minions, emissaries of the state against people who are attempting to the best of their ability to lead lives that are governed by the Bible. And when you have leaders, right, who have spent decades of their lives amassing essentially a cult of personality, definitely in the case of Joshua Harris, a many published author, I'm sure he's going to publish another book telling everybody how he got it wrong so, you know, he can go the next round with it. But when you have leaders like this that are coming out and that are encouraging people to pathologically doubt and to invest in pathological doubt... Okay, I, I accidentally, um, uh, while I was I was trying to clean up some of my tabs, and I, I blocked, I, I X'd out of that. But I went and just did a quick keyword search, and um, oh my word, Joshua Harris. He, here's the here's the uh, headlines: divorces wife, renounces Christianity, um, goes full blown LGBT, pastor. Joshua Harris. He's not a pastor in God's eyes. He announces he's no longer a Christian. And then other people are putting out video, videos. He was never a Christian. 
<laughs> it was just a wolf in sheep's clothing. So that's what she's in reference to here, just so you know. So I'm going to go ahead and pick this back up. Invest in pathological doubt versus honest intellectual critical analysis. That is troubling. Oh, and just so you know, I am going to do a gigantic study on this Kanye West thing, which is one of the biggest lies and scams. I've got so much information on this, I don't even know where to begin. I wanted to try to do it. I don't know how I'm, I'm even going to make this concise. I, this, you know, it's going to turn into like one of these mega studies. I don't know any other way to really do it. But the thing is, is with Kanye West, it implicates so many other things. There's so many other people that are sucked into this uh, evil with him that I'm really going to have to sit down and, and um, it's, it's just going to take a while to get it all done so i'm hoping to get it done hopefully within the next month lord willing but that is coming i just wanted to let you know because when i look at the hallmark of the enemy it is doubt 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 and there is a sea of doubt and a spirit of doubt that is pervasive right now doubt about what this country is and what it was founded on and what is supposed to be a constitutional republic and not a socialist utopia doubt about the very foundations of biology <laughs> right doubt about like you know um you know there's 900 genders now that type of biology i think is what she's referenced to what doctrine really is what did, did scripture really say and when i evaluate when i evaluate within the totality of the body of scripture times and incidences in which pathological doubt reared its head it sounds something eerily similar to this did god really tell you it's written that they will bear you up in their hands, throw yourself off the doubt, pathological doubt. It has all of the hallmarks of wickedness. Well, again, it was, the, it was the basis for the first sin in the Bible when the serpent went to Eve and said, yea, hath God said. Did God really say that, you know, you can't eat that of that tree? Did he really say that? And he put doubt, and that's what was the absolute essence and the foundation for the first sin of the Bible, which basically led to the mess that we're in right now it's upon it it's one thing to honestly and humbly question it's an entire different thing to sow seeds of doubt and to invest in doubt and to support doubt and to celebrate doubt and that's what the leadership of the church in the united states has been doing for a great long time it seems in many cases unfortunately that leadership across many denominations many denominations has been softening and softening and softening its stances on things that are very clear biblically because it wants to for whatever reason you know put more people in the seats more money in the coffers whatever the case may be i'm gonna tell you something guys our federal deficit is so bad that i anticipate in the next few years that the 501c3 status is going to they're going to be eyeing after that one. They have got to get more money to pay for these unfunded liabilities. They're broke. They're so, so broke. So what happens to the churches when their 501c3 status evaporates? Like, what are they standing on anymore? So rather than make this into a diatribe about the failing and sickly status of the church for sickly... Now, again, the sickly status of the church. I believe this is another gigantic reason for the sickly status of the church. And this started centuries ago. This started before the Bible, you know, the whole 
modern day false Bible versions of 1881 revised version. This started way before the 501c3 thing. And it, it started back in the infancy of the, of the New Testament church. In fact, it's documented right here. Um, 1 Corinthians 1.10. I've said this before, but I'm just going to read these. Now I beseech you, brethren, by the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that you all speak the same thing, and that there be no divisions among you, but that ye be perfectly joined together in the same mind and in the same judgment. For it hath been declared unto me, my brethren, by them which are the house of Chloe, that there are contentions among you. Now this I say, that every one of you that saith, okay, and this is the contention, to every one of you that saith, I am of Paul, and I of Apollos, and I of Cephas, and I of Christ. He says, is Christ divided? Was Paul crucified for you? Or were ye baptized in the name of Paul? I thank God that I baptized none of you but Crispus and Gaius, lest any should say that I baptized in my own name. Um, and I'm just kind of skipping forward here. Anyway, that was the essence of it. Okay, what, what, was, what, was the, what was the problem? Well, one says I am of Paul, one says I'm of Apollos, one says I'm of Cephas, and one says I'm of Christ. Meaning, Apollos led me to the Lord, and he taught me, yeah, well, Paul taught me, so I'm better than you. And he was, he was the greatest of all apostles. Apollos wasn't even one of the real apostles. Yeah, but Christ taught me directly, so I'm better than all of you. What is this the modern day, what is that the startup? Denominations. The Church of Apollos. The first church of Paul. The first church of Cephas. Is Christ divided? Was Paul crucified for you? Or were you baptized? There is no Bible for denomination. And that's, that's a subject you'll never, ever, ever hear taught on in churches. Unless maybe you go to non a non-denominational. Maybe they got that one. You know, that's one I really haven't broached. But maybe they got kind of that one figured out more than the rest of the churches. Christ should not be divided. And see, what does this um, what does this engender? Well, it engenders pride. Well, I'm a Lutheran. I'm a Presbyterian. I'm an Episcopalian. I'm a Catholic. We're the mother church. Pride. God hates pride. It's one of the seven deadly sins. And I don't mean like I'm proud of my children for doing well in school. Well, of course, that could even turn into the wrong kind of pride where you're, you know, my kids are better than yours. But I'm talking about the kind of pride that blinds you. The kind of pride that says, I'm better than this person because I'm doing this or I'm part of this and they're not. That's an abomination to God. And that type of pride will blind you. Just like it blinded Lucifer when he said, I will ascend unto the Most High. I will be under the sides of the North. I will be like the Most High. He thought he was going to literally go there and, and, you know, evidently attack the throne of God and become God. He was that delusional. He was that full of pride. It said because of his beauty and because of his merchandise, his heart, Lucifer, his heart was lifted up. He became Satan after the fall. 
So it's something we want to guard against. And denominations, as far as I'm concerned, are a gigantic source of pride. And it's, an, it's another reason why the church is so, for the most part, powerless. Um, it's, it's another factor. In the United States, I really want to focus on what this means for Bible believers. Regardless of what your, your persuasion is, for those of you who believe in the Word of God and who want to Plant your flag on the word of God and build your house on a firm foundation. We are going to face persecution. We are facing persecution right now. What happens if you try and homeschool your children? It's probably going to come a lot too from, from the 501c3 Beamer Clergy Response Team Church. I know I've been persecuted a lot by them. Why I am a pariah and an outlier? Well, because they don't want anything to do with me. I step on... The, the message that I bring steps on way too many toes and they obviously, you know, well, persecution's coming to the body of Christ that doesn't, that doesn't want to line up with whatever the, the government owned 501c3 FEMA clergy response team church, whatever, you know, message they're bringing and people that actually are putting out truth regarding that and exposing that are going to be increasingly more persecuted. It only makes sense. And bring them up in the word to think a certain way. Mm, CPS call. Send your kids off to you know public school and have them face the gauntlet of questions about what do mom and daddy teach you at home? Do you have any guns at home? Do you have this, that, and the other at home? Take them to uh, a, a hospital or, or some doctor's office where they're asking the magical questions that their alphabet suit medical organizations tell them to. Do you have any guns at home? Do you feel safe? Do mm -hmm. mommy and daddy hit you? Yeah. Yep. There is persecution right now. And it's not going to get any better. Especially when your leadership tucks tail and cowers. Like what we have seen. Unfortunately, friends, and perhaps fortunately, I think, and there is a reason why I say fortunately, and I'll get to that. I think that in the United States, we are going to be facing such an hour or true fellowship amongst believers in scripture is going to face a similar time as the church, persecuted church under communism. Tortured for Christ by Pastor Warren Brand is a really, really good book to read. Yeah. He was persecuted, ironically, under both the Nazis and the, the Soviet communists. So I think he would understand, he would understand that it doesn't really matter what flavor of socialism it is. Right. National Socialism, Soviet Socialism, doesn't matter, okay? Like it all ends up the same place. Friends, that persecution is coming. And I spoke about practicalities to consider in my newsletter this past month. But I'm telling you right now, the times when the apex predators are looking most hungrily at the flock is when its members are limping by where they have a little sniveler, they look a little sick. Doubt is contagious. Doubt is contagious. Doubt is essentially a form of fear and moral cowardice. Pathological doubt. Not, not honest intellectual right. critical analysis. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about pathological doubt. Pathological doubt that says, my worldview and my thought process is going to be governed by whatever prevailing winds of cocktail hour politics are okay for the hour versus rooting yourself and rooting your analysis and rooting your thoughts in the word of God, immutable, unchanging, firmly fixed in heavens. 
So, I would recommend, friends, that when you see this and we're told about this, we're told about these times, it's written. When you see this, be prepared. The bitter waters are coming. Getting together with your friends, your like-minded friends, people with whom you share a worldview, a common worldview, and mutually pledging yourself to take care of each other and to defend each other, that's a pretty darn good start. And I talked about this in detail in my, uh, in my Patreon newsletter, if you'd like more. There's only so much I can say on YouTube. Censor platform. So I got links in the description box. Which is a common theme I've seen more and more and more of people on YouTube. They're very um, muzzled in what they can really say. Friends, that's what I wanted to share with you guys today. It was on my heart. Um, whenever you have leadership that is being swayed by the masses and leadership that is allowing itself to be blown by the prevailing winds and to introduce doubt into its flock and allow people to be swayed by errant ideologies and by corrupted wickedness. You're building the golden calf. And the leadership in the United States is so anemic, it's blowing right over and says, okay, golden calf time. The bitter waters came after the golden calf. The spirit of the age making whatever God it is you want to serve instead of the one that you know. The one that's written about. Stay strong, y'all. I'm not perfect. I'm not claiming to be perfect. I'm no saint. I don't think anybody is. And if you are, I need to take lessons from you for sure. But friends, we can hold fast to the word of God. It is a true, sure, and firm foundation. Regardless of whatever the cult of personality says, you know, for the leader at the time who falls away and all of his people with him, don't put your hope in men. Fear of God banishes Amen. fear of man. Amen. Put your faith in him. The fear of man bringeth a snare. Put your faith in him. Be obedient to him and his word. You won't go wrong. You won't go wrong. That's what I have for y'all. Hope it was helpful for y'all. If you did enjoy the video, I hope you'll subscribe to me, Patriot Nurse. You can also support me here on uh, Subscribestar and Patreon, as well as Cryptocurrency. And, of course, subscribing on YouTube as well. So, we have that. Um, now, just some Bible verses regarding what she's talking about which I felt were appropriate for this teaching. Jeremiah 5, 26 through 31, for among my people, now this is Old Testament, but my people, meaning God's people, and in the modern day term, that would be Christians. My people are found wicked men. They lay wait as he that set a snares, which is a trap. They set a trap, they catch men. Because they're trying to catch their soul. Ultimately, the, the goal the, the goal for the man might be, let's say, praise, honor, pride, money. Um, a lot of different factors there. Or woman, pastor, man, pastor. Uh, woman, pastors, or there's no Bible for that at all. But they catch men. And this catching of men, if, they're, if they stay caught, that's going to mean hellfire. And then the lake of fire, ultimately. As a cage is full of birds, so are their houses full of deceit. Now, this is more the norm now than ever among, I would say, the Christian church that would identify with that. Therefore, they are become great and wax and rich. Oh, you mean like Joel Osteen? 
and Benny Hinn and Creflo give me a dollar and Kenneth Copeland that has his own airport. Kenneth Copeland Airport? And has a fleet of Harley Davidson devil bikes? Yeah. Yeah. So it's it's that's no indicator that they're serving God. That's actually if you saw that that's a big time indicator you need to run the other way. I mean, Jesus Christ didn't even have a place to lay his head, they say. So, even if Jesus had had all the money and he really did, really if he wanted it, <laughs> but he chose not to operate in that manner. They're become great and wax and rich. Which to a lot of people are like, well, yeah, that, that means that they're, they're, they're of God because God's blessed them. No, Satan has essentially blessed them. Now, I'm not saying you can't be a wealthy Christian if you're in subjection to God and he blesses you in that way. But I'm talking about the, the ones that are wicked men and women that are found among the body of Christ. And they set traps and they catch men. Those are the ones I, that the Bible is referring to here. They become great and wax and rich. They are wax and fat. They shine, yea, they overpass the deeds of the wicked. They judge not the cause, the cause of the fatherless. Most of the time when you go to those types of churches, hardly any of what they're they're doing is going to the to the to the poor or to the homeless or to um, the orphans and the widows, which the Bible talks about regarding giving. Yet they prosper. And the right of the needy, do they not judge? Shall I not visit for these things? Meaning, isn't God going to visit the church for these things? Yeah. Saith the Lord, shall not my soul be avenged on such a nation as this? Ooh. Yeah, well, that means that God's judgment's coming on the church. And the Bible says judgment must begin at the house of the Lord. A wonderful and horrible thing is committed in the land. The prophets prophesy falsely. Well, that's the norm now. You know. Even the ones that are hardcore, I've found, um, that prophesy very harsh messages, from what I've seen, a lot of them are false too. Because they'll say prophecies that are time-dependent, meaning like, oh, they said this prophecy in 2005, and it was eminent in the way it was said. And yet, okay. We're still here in 2019. So even be careful of them because just because a prophet sounds that they're saying, thus saith the Lord, and they're and they're they're lowering the boom, and it sounds like it's you know, God speaking, doesn't mean it is. You need to test the prophet. Deuteronomy 18, if whatever the prophet says comes to pass, you know. Well, and then you go back a few chapters where it says whatever the prophet says, if it causes you to turn away from God or causes, then they're not a true prophet. And then the Bible says in Deuteronomy 18, and I'm paraphrasing, but if that prophet says he's a true prophet, whatever they're saying must come to pass and they must be 100% accurate all the time. How much can that truly be said for modern day prophets? Even the ones that are supposedly the most hardcore and prophesy the most harsh things. But what happens if you hear a really harsh prophecy about this going to happen and it's very time dependent and it doesn't happen? Well, what's going to happen? 
the same thing if if they were prophesying to you things having your ears tickled and, and nice things you're going to say wow that prophet never was really hearing from god and i followed him and therefore they were never hearing from god and therefore my faith is all messed up a lot of times that will cause people to fall away from the faith i saw it happen all the time in pentecostal church i was in and i would get prophecies over me and they were supposedly time dependent the, the time dependent prophecies never came to pass now if i had been put, putting my trust in man or that prophet i would have there's a large likelihood I would have fallen away. Because I'm like, oh, I can't wait till that happens to me. And then it never happens. And then it's like, oh, okay. Uh, well, let's go to the next one. And that's in the charismatic church. That's what you'll see. People keep going back for their next prophecy. They forget about the one that didn't come to pass that was prophesied over them a month ago that was time dependent or seemingly time dependent or had an imminent nature about it. Because you can read a prophecy and say, well, this sounds like it's going to happen pretty soon. You know, okay, three, four years or year goes by and nothing. Uh, I'm just saying the prophets prophesy. So when we have a situation where they're wicked men and they're laying wait and they're setting traps to catch men, ultimately to damn them to hell, which is really the ultimate goal of Satan. And then when we look at those same men and women and they're waxing great, they're waxing rich, that yet they prosper. In that particular condition, God also says you expect to have prophets prophesying falsely. And the priests bear rule by their means. I mean, they're doing it their way, whatever they perceive God is telling them. And that would priests, pastors, whatever. Same. And my people love to have it so because they are after teachers having itching ears. And we're in the Laodicean church era where in Revelation 3, where they're neither hot nor cold, but they're lukewarm. And God said he's going to vomit the lukewarm out of their mouth. But yet they think they're in need of nothing is what a Bible says in Revelation 3. They think they're doing good, you know? But they're blind and they're wretched and they're naked before God is how the Bible says God sees them. But yet they think they're doing good. They're going to that church. They're getting their ears tickled. They're, they're you know, they're getting their little prop once a week prophecies that don't ever come to pass. Or maybe come to pass, you know, 30% of the time. That's not, that's not enough. It's, it's 100% according to Deuteronomy 18. And what was the punishment in Deuteronomy? Well, you take them out and kill them. Stone them to death. Now, I'm not saying we do that now, but I'm saying that because there's no fear of God, the prophesies, the prof, the false prophets prophet, prophesy falsely, and there's no repercussion anymore. Now, there's going to be repercussion in hell, but they, the prophets continue to do it because they're able to get away with it. Because there's no church discipline now. There's no 1 Corinthians chapter 5 in the church where you turn such and one over to Satan for the destruction of the flesh that the soul may be saved in the day of the Lord. There's none of that anymore. No. How, how often you have, have you ever heard that preached in a, in a church ever? First Corinthians chapter five? No, we'll just, we'll kind of ignore that one. What about testing the prophets? Like Deuteronomy 18. Are, are, I mean, 
I just told this to a listener the other day. I said, I wish there was a, a Christian group online that went and looked at all these internet prophets that say all this stuff. And I don't care if they're saying flowery things or the most hardcore things you can possibly imagine. But they checked and they went and they looked at when they first started prophesying. And they looked at those prophets all the way up to now. Now, that would be just a gigantic, you'd have to have a full-time team of people because there's so many false prophets. But those false prophets are leading people to hell. So I take it very personally. I'm not saying they're all false because I don't know that. But it'd be nice if there were Christian organizations policing them, holding them accountable and saying, oh, you said this in 2005 and it didn't. Then you said this in 2000 and it didn't come to pass. You're a false prophet. I'm marking you now. Mark them which cause division and offenses contrary to the doctrine which you have learned and avoid them. For they that are such serve not our Lord Jesus Christ, but their own belly. And by good words and fair speeches deceive the hearts of the simple. Romans 16, 17, and 18. We're supposed to mark them. And I don't mean do it in a judgy way where I'm better than you. No, 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 no. Not that way. We're just supposed to mark them. Point them out. That's another big reason this ministry exists. So it says in Jeremiah regarding all this mess that we just talked about. Wicked men, catching men, houses full of deceit. They become great and waxen rich. They prosper. Prophets prophesy falsely. Priests bear rules by their mean. And then it says in the conclusion, and my people love to have it so. Mm, that's where we're at. It's obvious. I mean, when you've got legions of people in the 501c3 church, totally yoked up with the medical system, totally yoked up with the government, totally thinking that Trump's a great guy, reading false Bible versions in their denominational systems, pastors much of the time are in the clergy response teams, totally yoked up with the world, keeping up with the Kardashians or whatever, well, my people love to have it so. And what will you do in the end thereof? Man, I can't even imagine. 2 Timothy 4, 3 through 4. I charge thee therefore before God and the Lord Jesus Christ, who shall judge the quick and the dead at his appearing and in his kingdom. Preach the word, be instant in season, out of season. Reprove, rebuke, exhort with all long suffering and doctrine. That's what I'm kind of trying to do today. For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine. That's where we're at today. The time has come. They're definitely not enduring sound doctrine. But after their own lust shall they heap to themselves teachers having itching ears. Easier to do that today more than ever with the, with the advent of the internet. Teachers and false prophets having, you know. And they shall turn away their ears from truth. That's the norm, and shall be turned unto fables. Jeremiah 23, 1 and 2, it says, Woe be unto the pastors that destroy and scatter the sheep of my pasture, saith the Lord. That's the norm now. Therefore, thus saith the Lord God of Israel, against the pastors that feed my people, ye have scattered my flock and driven them away and have not visited them. Behold, I will visit upon you the evil of your doing, saith the Lord. Ezekiel 34, 7. Therefore, ye shepherds, hear the word of the Lord. 
Now, I'm reading this off the PDF. So if you want these verses, they're in the PDF for today's teaching for um, November 25th, 2019. It's probably going to be another mega teaching today because I got so much content pouring in, I can't cover it all. And I'm only a little bit into the PDF for today. Um, last verse. Therefore, ye shepherds, hear the word of the Lord. As I live, saith the Lord God, surely because my flock became a prey, meaning a prey like a um, an animal's prey that he's stalking. My flock became a prey. That's the norm. And my flock became meat, meaning food, to every beast of the field, which again is the norm now, because there was no shepherd. Neither did my shepherds search for my flock. But the shepherds fed themselves and fed not my flock. Now, I am not a pastor. I've never called myself that. I just call myself like an end-time watchman. But I kind of feel like that, when I read that, it's like, I've been, that's why this ministry exists because I've been searching for those that are, that have been, um, you know, even kicked out of the, out of the 501c3 churches and disenfranchised from the churches and their own families. I mean, I can't tell you how many people, you know, they'll, they'll email me over the years. Oh, my wife hates your guts. Can't even stand to listen to you or whatever. And, and it's, and it's like, I have to, I have to have different emails. I have to have a different number or, or different like if I send them anything, it's a different mailing. I mean, it's gotten that bad. No reason. It's they they. She, I the one guy said she when she heard your teaching on Disney, she's hated your guts ever since. Are you serious? Really? My teaching on Disney? Well, yeah, it was a pretty bad one, but I just pointed out facts. <laughs> Am I therefore becoming your enemy because I tell you the truth? Galatians four sixteen. Yeah, most of the time when you tell someone the truth, you become their mortal enemy, especially if it's something where you're pointing out something that, you know, they absolutely love or they have a lifetime of endearment invested in or maybe a religious system. Yeah, most of the time you become their enemy. I'm just telling you, you know. But again, that's why I've said many times, my life's not a popularity contest. Jesus' life wasn't a popularity contest. At the end, he was... You know, everybody forsook him in the end. Now, I understand they came back, you know, a lot of his his apostles and things of this nature. But, you know, that's the way it goes. Um, I'm, I'm going back to this verse here. Because there was no shepherd, neither did my shepherd search for my flock. And I hope when I stand before God... To a certain extent, that's what I've been doing. I've been trying to, you know, search for the flock of Christ. And and maybe provide them an oasis where they can come to get truth and, and to be fed, you know, to a certain extent. Again, I'm not a pastor. I'm not biblically qualified to be a pastor. I, I don't, I'm not married. Okay? And so... I'm, I haven't, I've been, I guess it was, it was a sham of a marriage to begin with. I mean, it was like a courthouse marriage where, you know, it was a joke. I don't think in God's eyes, we were ever really married when you get married by justice of the peace at a courthouse on a dare, essentially. I mean, I was really stupid, you know, really stupid, married a high level witch, you know, yeah, it's good, good idea, smart. So God took me through the meat grinder because I was a baby christian that was a total moron that was totally self-centered 
And, and I mean, just full of the world, full of pride. I, you know, I just had graduated chiropractic. I am, I'm a doctor at, at 23. Um, you know, I wanted the Lamborghini and the big house and, and everything and, and the trophy wife and the whole nine yards. And I got the trophy wife. Yeah. And paid a tremendous, tremendous price. Know what being taken through the meat grinder is like from God. The Bible says, whom the Lord loveth, he also chasteneth. And if you be without chastisement, then you're bastards. Chastisement is when he disciplines you and brings you back to him. So I know what that's like. And I got what I deserved, you know, but you grow and you learn in the valley. That's where you you grow and learn as a Christian. You don't really, if you're on the mountaintop, there's not a lot that grows up on the mountaintop, if you've ever noticed. You don't really grow on the mountaintop. Hey, it's great to be up there, but that's not where you really learn the hard lessons. <laughs> you learn them in the valley. So I'd be the first to admit all that, you know? Um, but again, I think a lot of that happened to me so I could help my listeners. Um, going forward here, it says that therefore, O ye shepherds, hear the word of the Lord. Thus say, okay, and this is Ezekiel, this is the next verse, Ezekiel 34, 9. Therefore, O ye shepherds, hear the word of the Lord. Thus saith the Lord God, behold, I am against the shepherds and I will require my flock at their hand and cause them to cease from feeding the flock. Neither shall the shepherds feed themselves any more. For I will deliver my flock from their mouth that they may not be meat for them. Meaning the shepherds had turned into wolves and were feeding on the flock, essentially. Which again, the, the hireling has no love for the, true, for the sheep. They don't, because he's doing it for the hire, the money. But the true shepherd will lay down his life for the sheep. That was the verses the gentleman was just talking about in the audio that we heard. Um, for I will deliver, deliver my flock from their mouth that they may not be meat for them. So when you escape a situation like from a Joel Osteen or a Benny Hinn or a Creflo Give Me the Dollar or, or Joyce Meyer or Kenneth Copeland or any of these other charlatans, consider yourself blessed that you were delivered from their mouth that, they're, that you're not going to be food for them anymore. Meat, it says. But it's food. For thus saith the Lord God, behold, I, even I, will both search my sheep and seek them out. And I do think that a lot of people that are forming home churches and that have come to this ministry over the years, is that dynamic happening? You know, this true, God always tr preserves a true remnant. But the thing is, is you got to have a love for the truth, according to 2 Thessalonians chapter 2. You got to have that true desire and love for the truth. No matter how brutal and how hard the truth is, you got to have a love for it. And that, I think, is an earmark of what to look for in somebody that, that, really, that really is seeking God as well. I hope I've provided that here with this ministry. You know, I've said people have accused me of all stuff over the years. But then again, I do have like a, 300 page thing and i don't i don't talk about this very much because it's it it can it can do nothing but come off like bragging but over the years i have 
saved a lot of the comments that have come into me okay not the majority of them not by far not probably not the majority of them I, it's so hard to just keep this all together but i have a i have a document and i'm just looking at it now just so i'm accurate here and it's 242 pages in a um Arial 11 point font with most of the spaces all removed and as squished as i can make it 242 pages of testimonials from people over the years uh that were um very very appreciative of this minister i'll just put it that way in all these different comments so i've said to people before you know if i'm deceiving people if i'm leading them astray and like let's say they accuse me of all this stuff if you're right in your assessment of me let and i give and it's not like god needs my permission let god kill me tonight let him kill me so that i never lead another person ever astray ever again i'm i mean it. i mean I'm, i've said it i'll say it again I, i'm 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 that serious about this going forward here as a shepherd seeketh out his flock in the day that he is among his sheep that are scattered so will i seek out my sheep and i will deliver them out of all places where they have been scattered in the cloudy and dark day and again that's i think people coming together in home groups that's people coming together regarding like let's say ministries or websites where truth is being put out that's ways that that can happen now the bible says that the night night is coming when no man can work and let let's say they take down the grid and all this other stuff then you may be by yourself you may be in a very small home group but you've always got jesus no matter what you've always got jesus and again it's why it's so important to memorize the word of god too because if you do have your bible taken away well you know you've got scripture memorized but you can always commune with jesus you know which is the most important thing uh and i know i'm so far over on time on this and for people that are making cds out of this i'm sorry but um i didn't think i was going to take this long jeremiah 13 15 hear ye and give ear be not proud for the lord hath spoken give glory to the lord your god before he caused darkness and before your feet stumble upon the dark mountains this would be a warning to the modern day 501c3 church system be not proud for the lord has spoken give glory to the lord your god which is so important praise him give him glory you know get on your knees every morning when you first roll out of bed and just praise the lord jesus christ thank him it's a great way to start out the day can't really go wrong with that one <laughs> uh and while ye look for light okay but okay um give glory to the lord your god before he caused darkness darkness is coming so you want to be right with god before the darkness comes is the whole point here and before your feet stumble upon the dark mountains because when the darkness comes if you haven't given glory to god if you're caught up in one of these 501c most likely you're going to remain in darkness unless god provides another way but it's not it's not an enviable position to be in and while you look for light he turn it into the shadow of death and make it gross darkness meaning if you haven't gotten right with god before it gets bad it sounds like to me if you haven't given glory to god if you haven't sought out truth if you haven't gotten truly born again 
And I know there's a lot of other things you could say, but if you haven't done those things, if you're contending the 501c3 church and, and, and under some heretical hireling wolf and sheep clothing pastor, you if you that's where you're good, you're good there. Well, he's going to cause darkness and your feet are going to stumble on dark mountains. And while you may look for light, he turn it into the shadow of death and make it gross darkness. It's, why, it's like why the Bible says, you know, repent while it's yet day type of thing and in seek the lord while he may be found because once this darkness comes man it's gonna you don't want to be in that position last verse but if you if ye will not hear it my soul shall weep in secret places for your pride okay he doesn't want this he it's not his will that any should perish he takes no pleasure in the death of the wicked, the Bible says. And mine eyes shall weep sore and run down with tears because the Lord's flock is carried away captive. Ugh, that is so sad. Um, so I'm, I'm totally over on time for um, this, this part here. So God bless you. Um, little message if you want to keep us in the game here coming up and uh, God bless you and we will see you in part two. Scott Johnson's 1000 plus audio teachings and PDF documents are available for free 24-7 on the internet at contendingfortruth.com That's C-O-N-T-E-N D-I-N-G-F-O-R-T-R-U-T-H dot com. In addition, we also offer a free Christian current event and health email newsletter. You can sign up at contendingfortruth.com. These email newsletters typically only generate about three to six emails per month if you subscribe to both lists. Please prayerfully help us to continue this work. For mail correspondence or to support this ministry, our mailing address is... Scott Johnson, 2359 Highway 70 Southeast, number 321, Hickory, NC, 28602. Or on the internet, a PayPal donation link can be found at contendingfortruth.com. Thank you and may the Lord Jesus Christ richly bless you.